The first reading today is from Acts, the first chapter. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up, after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which, he said, you heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit, not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Our psalm for today is Psalm 47. Clap your hands, all peoples. Shout to God with loud songs of joy. For the Lord, the Most High, is to be feared, a great king over all the earth. He subdued peoples under us and nations under our feet. He chose our heritage for us, the pride of Jacob, whom he loves. God has gone up with a shout, the Lord with the sound of trumpets. Sing praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises to our king. Sing praises. For God is the king of all the earth. Sing praises with a psalm. God reigns over the nations. God sits on his holy throne. The princes of the people gather as the people of the God of Abraham. For the shields of the earth belong to God. He is highly exalted. The second reading is from Ephesians, the first chapter. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all saints, I do not cease to give thanks to you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope in which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above all every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. This is the word of the Lord. <laughs> 
The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 24th chapter. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, and behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and were continually in the temple, blessing God. This is the gospel of the Lord. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Grace and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I can only imagine what it will be like when I walk by your side. I can only imagine what my eyes would see when your face is before me. I can only imagine. These are the lyrics from a song by the Christian band Mercy Me. The lyrics were written by the songwriter Bart Millard after the death of his father and describe what it would be like to be in front of God in heaven. I too often wonder what it will be like. But what I often wonder about and almost covet more is what it was like to be in the presence of Jesus when he was here on the earth. Can you imagine? Witnessing his miracles, how he loved, how he served, his suffering, his death, his resurrection. Today we celebrate and give praise to God for the ascension of our Lord into heaven, who was seated at the right hand of God in all honor and glory. Can you imagine witnessing that? It took place 40 days after he rose from the dead. 40 days. They had 40 days with their risen Lord. Can you imagine? Death and burial are pretty final for us mortal beings. So to see, talk, and walk with someone for 40 days after witnessing their death and burial is awesome. And for some unbelievable. But for us, those who believe and have faith, we give thanks and praise to God. We have so very many reasons to come together today and every day in praise to our risen and ascended Lord. Over the past few Sundays, we've heard flashbacks from Pastor Jeff about the divine love of God and of ways to love one another as Christ loves us. Today in our gospel lesson from Luke, it tells us that Jesus opened their minds to understand the scriptures. He said, you are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my father upon you. What is that promise? That God will be with us always. That the Holy Spirit will be sent to dwell in our hearts and to take the place of Jesus here on earth to guide us until he comes again.
Acts 1 verses 7 and 8 tell us, it's not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Here Jesus turns the thoughts of his disciples away from the idea of a reign in Israel toward a ministry of the power of the Spirit in the world. For me, the old saying, the Lord works in mysterious ways, came to mind when I read this. It doesn't say you may or you might. It says you will receive his power. The mysterious and wonderful power of the Holy Spirit. This tells us two very important things. One, I don't go alone. You don't go alone. God's power and his Holy Spirit go with us and can speak through us. And two, most importantly, we are his witnesses. And that's what Jesus asks us to be. Let's take a closer look at part one. We don't go alone. Have you ever felt the power of the Holy Spirit working in you or through you? And what does it mean to receive the Holy Spirit? Now, I don't want to get into this too much because next week, which is Pentecost, is when we're going to hear all about receiving the Holy Spirit. Doug's got some great music planned and creative ministries going to be here. So where you're read, you're not going to want to miss it. But this is a very important piece of our lesson this morning, receiving the Holy Spirit. Take a moment and think, have you ever felt the power of the Holy Spirit? What does it mean to receive it? And you don't have to answer this now, but just think about it for a moment. What it means is this. I mentioned it earlier. God is with us always. We don't go alone. Through our faith, God's power and his Holy Spirit go with us and can speak through us. In our second lesson, Paul's letter to the Ephesians, he writes about how he has heard about the faith of the people and their love for others. Paul gives thanks to God for them and remembers them in his prayers, asking God to give them several things. One, the spirit of wisdom and a revelation to know him. Two, that they see with their hearts. Three, that they may know what is the hope to which he has called them, eternal life. And four, what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward those who believe? The power that works in and through believers. The power of the Holy Spirit. What we didn't hear in our pericope reading of Acts this morning was what happened during the disciples' time of waiting to receive the Holy Spirit. Acts 1 verses 12 through 14 tell us that they met in the upper room and spent time in prayer and supplication. They had new work before them. Great work. But before they started, they spent time in prayer. Before Jesus first sent the disciples out, he spent time in prayer for them. And now they spent time in prayer for themselves. They were waiting for the spirit to descend upon them so they could do God's work. Not their work, but God's work. How often do you spend time in prayer before you start your day, whether it's going to work or doing whatever it is that lies ahead of you during the day? How often do you spend time in prayer before making big decisions or maybe even life changes? For some of us, that may be the only time we spend in prayer. 
For others, we're praying when we drive down the street or walk through the grocery store. Spending time in prayer, no matter what the time of day or reason, opens our hearts to the Holy Spirit, inviting him in so that whatever it is we do, we do to glorify God. I often wonder what opportunities I've missed to serve because my heart wasn't open to see the work God had in store for me. It's not my work, but rather it's God's work. Do you ever wonder what people say about Emmanuel Lutheran Church? Do they say things like Paul said in his letter to the Ephesians? I've heard about the faith of the people at ELC and their love for others. Or maybe they only know of us as the little church in the strip mall across from the Fayetteville Athletic Center. Or maybe they don't even know we exist. Some of you may remember the call to action and participated in God's work, Our Hands, Sunday, started by the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America to get more people involved in a day of caring for the community. I really like that saying, God's work, our hands. But it's not just for a day. It's throughout our lifetime. Jesus is no longer physically among us, but the Holy Spirit is and always will be for those who believe. Celebrating God in everything we do glorifies him. It witnesses to the work of Christ, his life's ministry, death, and most of all, new life in him throughout eternity. Which brings us back to part two. We, the church, are God's witnesses. And that's what Jesus calls us to be. The major focus of the book of Acts is the mission of the church. First, the empowering presence is to be the Holy Spirit, not Jesus himself. Jesus prepared the disciples for this transition when the Holy Spirit would come to be a constant presence in his bodily absence. Second, the growth of the church would come about through the witness of the disciples. From the beginning, the church is depicted as a community that actively witnesses to their faith in Jesus. And third, the result of this witness will be measurable by its growth around the world. With everything that is happening in our world today, the church's mission is being threatened. So what can we do about it? A few years ago, our congregation participated in Pastor Zach Sender's 40-day Red Letter Challenge. We met in small groups and took the words of Jesus, the red letters in some Bibles, studied them, prayed on them, and put them into action. There are five main principles in this study that help one follow Jesus and carry out the mission of the church. The first four are titled Being, Forgiving, Serving, and Giving. The study helped us spend more time with God, learn to serve and sacrifice, forgive people we never thought we would forgive, and become more generous people. The final work in the final week in the series is titled Going. It helped us to be bolder and more courageous in what we say and how we live our lives. And that is exactly what the disciples were called to do. In Acts 1, verse 9 through 11, right before Jesus ascends into heaven, he blessed them and said, you will receive the power of the Holy Spirit and you will be my witnesses to the world. And as he ascended, two men dressed in white, most likely angels, asked the people, why do you stand looking into heaven? Now, can you imagine how the disciples felt on the day that Jesus left them again? 
The first time was filled with sorrow, sadness, and fear as he hung on the cross and died. But this time was different. The risen Jesus had spent 40 days appearing to the disciples in many ways, proving that he is alive and speaking about the kingdom of God. As he ascended into heaven in front of their very eyes, fulfilling the words that he had spoken and were foretold long ago, he blessed them. I'll see you soon. Can you imagine the feelings and emotions they must have had? I have a few images I would like to share with you that I found on the good old World Wide Web. These images are from various artists depicting their idea of what happened on that day. These first three are 5th and 6th century depictions that include people on earth, angels accompanying Jesus, and receiving him into heaven. Some of the people are reaching up to heaven as if to say, don't leave us. Or maybe they were in awe and couldn't believe their eyes. Others are hiding their face, whether in reverence or fear, maybe both. We do not know. But take a few moments and imagine what it was like to witness this event. Can you hear Jesus say, I'll see you soon? It had to be an amazing sight. The angels asked, why do you stand looking into heaven? It's as if they were saying, didn't you hear what he said? He said, go. And then they share, then they share some really good news. They say, this Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. In other words, bodily and visibly, he'll be back. He said so. But first, there's work to do. We don't know the hour or the day, so let's get to work. But how do we know exactly what work God is calling us to do, and how do we do, go about doing it? In the Red Letter Challenge, we learned that before we can go out and proclaim the world to the world who God is, we first need to remember that we are to live out our faith in our home. Many people depend on the church to teach our children about God and his love. But Luther said, it starts in the home with the head of the household, reiterating and reinforcing what was learned in the church. As Pastor Zach writes, it's often hard to share God and the things he is doing in your life with your family because they know you better than anyone else. And so they are the first to know when you fail. God never calls us to a life of comfort, safety, and ease. Instead, he calls us to a life that pushes us out of our comfort zone. The more I push myself out of my comfort zone, the more God shows up. One of the nicknames of the Holy Spirit is the Great Comforter. You don't need the Holy Spirit if you never leave the comfort zone. But when you go beyond the levels of your comfort, you experience parts of God you would otherwise miss. Most people think of evangelism as standing on the street corner preaching or knocking on doors and getting in people's faces. But it's much more than that. It can be as simple as performing a kind gesture, assisting someone by opening a door, carrying groceries, making a phone call, or sending a note to check in on people, or even saying, God bless you, when someone sneezes. One action that came from our Red Letter Challenge small group was the Lowell Johnson Feed the Need. And what an amazing time we had 
being Christ's hands and feet in our community. We offered a meal and gathered clothing and other items that were freely given to the underserved and homeless in Fayetteville. But that's not all we did. We sat with people and listened to their stories. We prayed with people and shared God's love with them. Now that COVID restrictions are lightening up, we're planning our next event. So keep your eye out for those announcements and please get involved. It will change your life. It changed mine. As I conclude, I have a few more slides to show you. Images of the Ascension that are a little bit more modern. There are no people present, mostly clouds and an image of Jesus. Each one showing Jesus getting further and further away, joining his Father in heaven at his right hand. Out of sight. Or is he? Think about God, what God has done for you. What's your story? There's power in that story. We overcome the evil one by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. All of us are sinners and deserve death. That's the bad news. But the good news is that Jesus didn't come to condemn the world, but rather to save it. He took our penalty and went to the cross. His blood was shed for you and for me. The Bible is a piece of history, a collection of books written by people inspired by God to share eyewitness accounts of God's work in the world. It's been passed down from generation to generation, full of eyewitness accounts like the one we heard today of our Lord's ascension. God doesn't look at us through the lens of a judge and jury, but rather through the lens of Jesus and declares you and me not guilty. The death sentence has been removed. Until he comes again, Jesus invites us to remove others' death sentences by bringing them to him, to be his witnesses, and we are blessed with the Holy Spirit to be sent out in his name. Don't underestimate what God can do through you and your story. Your story is just as important and needs to be shared with others. You can make a difference and bring his kingdom right here, right now. We have been freed by God, rescued by God. You have a story to tell about what Jesus has done for us until he comes again. That story tells others who Jesus is, what he's done, and what he has done in our lives. We can help remove others' death sentences by doing what Jesus has commanded all along. Love one another as I have loved you, and love your neighbor as yourself. He never asked us to, to understand him completely, only to trust him completely. Following Jesus and doing his work here on earth is the greatest opportunity we will ever have. He will come again, and until that time, know that you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. I'll end with this blessing. May you pursue Jesus with all your heart. May God use you to do mighty things for his kingdom. And after all is said and done in this world, may you hear God say to you, well done, my good and faithful servant. Amen. Let us declare our faith using the words of the Nicene Creed. 
I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made who for us and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray for God's people. Gracious Heavenly Father, you sent your Son into our world on a mission to seek and to save the lost. Thank you for his life, ministry, suffering, death, and resurrection. We thank you for seating him at your right hand until he returns in glory. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, at the end of his earthly ministry, Jesus sent his disciples out to the ends of the earth with a mission to live as and make disciples. Strengthen us as we continue their faithful witness. Embolden all missionaries and evangelists by constantly opening a door for your word to be spoken. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We thank you for a season to celebrate Easter. We thank you for sharing your loved ones with us and ask that you continue to bless those we know and love celebrating birthdays and anniversaries this week. Lord, we ask that you sustain the faith of those who mourn the absence of loved ones. We ask that you use Christians to touch the lives of all who are in need of healing, courage, and peace, especially those we name in our hearts now. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray. We will trust in your mercy through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. 